Season 1 is over. We tackled Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, and Death himself. We have survived. A new year has come. Season 2 of Beauty and the Geast Podcast has begun. <laughs> we are back with the uh, latest installment of the Beauty and the Geast Podcast, where we are watching movies so you don't have to. I am uh, one of your two co-hosts. I put the co in co-host. Uh, I am DeGeest in Beauty and DeGeest, along with the Beauty over here. Yeah, I guess I I kind of kind of bring it. Some you some bring days, it, man. Some days are better than other. Oh, it's already been brought in. Oh yes, that's what I like to hear. If I. Uh... Well, let's dive right into what we've been doing, because uh, what I'm doing may explain why I potentially sound different. I am dog-sitting for my brother's dog, Pickles, so I am uh, recording from my brother's house, and I forgot my usual microphone, which is a uh, its a solid microphone. I'm using an emergency headset. Probably sounds different. Uh, um, I don't know. That's <laughs> That's what I've been up to. I've been here with Pickles, a uh, <laughs> the greatest dog. He's he's ironically the greatest dog ever, and this has been a treat thus far. Can tell by the look on your face that it's been a treat. You know, here's the irony. Here's the irony with the dog Pickles. He's generally a good dog. He just likes to sleep, um, which is my favorite aspect of a dog is when they curl up next to you and just uh, add a little ambiance to whatever you're doing. Pickles has a thing though, where multiple times in the middle of the night, he just, I don't know what he's thinking. I wish he could articulate. He just wants to know that I am, uh, I don't know, alive. I'm okay. (laughs) I guess being asleep. I think he fears I'm dead literally. And it's, it's not just me. Because my brother says he does the same thing to his whole family. But he just, he will just get right up in your face and he'll start going, until you wake up. And this is like at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And so (laughs) I've already slept poorly. I'm going to sleep poorly all week. And uh, it's going to make me grumpy. (laughs) But I love my brother and, um, and his family, and I even love Pickles the dog. So that's what uh, I have to look forward to. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he wants to make sure you're alive to feed him. <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. Because, I mean, the rest of the day, he just, I don't know what his deal is, man. He just sleeps, like, all day long. And he's a, he's a good dog. He doesn't pee in the house. He'll just, if he has to go, he'll go to the door and bark a couple times and you let him out he's just he's the most mellow low maintenance dog except between the hours of like 2 and 4 (laughs) a.m and then he will drive (laughs) you insane yeah that that will happen (laughs) so pickles you better appreciate this pickles it was me or the kennel pickles that's keep (laughs) that in mind that's what all i want you to know He's, he's right next to me now. Sleeping, probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know they, they've shown things online where you can 
pretty much the do- the dog won't respond to anything except for certain words like you can say you know like you can call their name you can say like chicken or anything like that but you say steak and the dog snaps to attention immediately <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he's he knows a few words which i am not gonna say here because he'll spaz out but yeah things like walk and yeah that's one treat is usually another one. another one yeah i'm curious if i if I could put the headphones on Pickles, if he would react to those words, but <laughs> we even Pickles, I, even I, yeah, I say his name, he sleeps right through it. But. Yep, yep. The minute you say one of their key words, they just instantly snap to your attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your? Uh, what have you been up to, man? That's what I'm doing. It's not exciting. It's actually frustrating. But uh, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, well, since we last spoke, I accepted a job offer. So I had to do all the paperwork and get everything ready for that. And Hey, way to go. I Thank you. I had to go to orientation this morning and then come home and set up my home office because I get to work remote. So I will be home. Um, I figure out, I guess, tomorrow... What my schedule looks like for the next week and a half to two weeks through through the end of next week. So next week might be a, a minor recording challenge again, but nothing we can't figure out. But after that, I will be working from home 8 to 4.30. Hell yeah, man. Good for you. Working from home is, uh, <laughs> I would rank it as maybe the number one work benefit going on right now. And uh, there are people who think everyone should work from the office. Those people are evil and there's no discussion. Well, they're also probably the ones that are writing the checks for the rent for the building that they have, for the office building that they have. Yes, exactly. It's completely tied to getting value out of their real estate and and nothing more. <laughs> they don't realize that, like, you know, the the hours that employees lose, uh, yeah, getting ready in the morning and driving, yes, you know, and all that stuff. You know, if the employees just have that to that time to themselves, they are so much happier and likely much more productive. Yes, yes. I mean, what isn't frustrating about having a forty-five minute commute one way to work? to be stuck with all the other idiots on the road who are just as pissed off about having to go to the, go to an office as you are. And then to sit right. at an office for eight hours dealing with coworkers that sometimes are not the brightest bulbs on the tree. Yeah. And then turn around and drive 45 minutes back home with again, idiots who've been dealing with people who aren't the brightest bulbs on the tree all day on the same roads as them. Then to come home and deal with all of your home stuff as well. So, yes, working from home is a fantastic benefit, and I am very much looking forward to it. Hell yeah, yeah, man. And they, I've read reports that, you know, they've uh, had polled, I don't know, office managers and, and things. They say the number one reason they want employees in the office is to uh, monitor them and make sure they're working. So, like, managers just think you're lazy pieces of shit. And they they feel like they should be paid good money to babysit you, <laughs> which is the wrong way to treat your employees, in my opinion. 
<laughs> right. And and again, you have the production numbers of, of things that are getting done. So you can tell when people are working or not, even when they're working from home. That that it, again, that's the most idiotic reason as to why they want people back in the office is so we can monitor to make sure things are getting done. Well, you can tell that things are getting done right. on a daily basis because <laughs> if things weren't getting done, then nothing would be getting done. Yeah, exactly. Are the tasks getting done? Yes. Okay. What's the problem? You know, most, they, they, I forget the number, well, the average employee, they say like saves two hours and 45 minutes by not having to, you know, get dressed and, and put on makeup and drive to work and back home. Just let them have it for F's sake. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to you, rail you, against the machine. You, you can say it. You can say it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> let them have it for fuck's sake. You know, there or, we go. Or pay yeah. them the time. You know, that'd be the other option. If they get up two hours to, to do makeup and, and drive to work and then drive home for two hours and 45 minutes a day, pay them, you know, like they're on the clock. God damn it. <laughs> that's right fucking pay them yeah a little uh, <laughs> uh i'm on the side of labor i'll put it that way absolutely considering we are both in the, the labor force anyway so oh yeah i've uh <laughs> i've been on the side of labor for a long time essentially ever since i was a career worker full-time worker i've been like oh i see how they screw you at every opportunity as you're from your from your early days working at the dairy queen <laughs> yes starting then i made four ah uh, what what was minimum it was either 415 or 425 an hour i forget and that it sounds so pathetic but that's what i made yeah when, well when i started out as a dishwasher back way back in the day yeah i, I started out at three dollars and 90 cents an hour and then i got oh. bumped up to four and a quarter because minimum wage got bumped up <laughs> i remember that and it felt like so much i remember one pay period uh, a lot of people just asked me to cover for them i worked 14 days in a row so every single day that pay period and my paycheck was $201. <laughs> and at the time, every coworker was like, oh, shit, Pat cleared 200 Like it had never happened before in the history of low-paid Dairy Queen workers. But now, you, <laughs> but now I look back and it's like, Jesus, $200 for 14 days. And, you know, it wasn't eight hours a day because I was part-time. But it was, yeah. you know, it was, it was probably four to six hours a day 14 days in a row and i made 200 bucks <laughs> yeah i mean i i remember back when i worked at uh good old eeps epc in town you know it was like 300 dollars a week was like you know for for 40 hours a week and it was just like shit i haven't made this good of money yet so oh yeah I, and that was the draw there man everybody was what did they pay like uh, 13 bucks an hour or something that was like no you could do. no no, <laughs> no? Not, not not what not for what i was do, no not for what i was making i think sure. i was making 10 50. okay but even then like back in those days that was that's kick-ass money yeah now you couldn't even get me to apply for 10 50 an hour 
They offered me ten fifty an hour, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh in your face. Well, in that type of job too, man. It, like it's not, it ain't easy. Like you could get a finger chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to some. Oh, at, at, at least, at least the tip of a finger cut off. Yeah, you could lose a portion of a finger, and then they consult their uh, <laughs> unintentional body body amputation pricing chart and they say okay one of our employees lost part of a finger that is worth i forget the exact dollar amount but they just look it up on a on a spreadsheet like okay your finger is worth two thousand bucks here you go yeah i mean i did i did get a pretty nasty stab wound with an exacto knife um which they wanted to take they they wanted to take me to the emergency room, but I was just like, "No, I'm fine. It's just, it's just an exacto knife, you know. Just stab myself a little bit with an exacto knife." So, <laughs> where'd you, where did you get stabbed? Uh, it was actually like right on, uh, I don't, you know, it was like right on next to my fingernail on on this finger. I don't know if you can still, okay. uh, yeah. There's a little bit of a scar there. I mean, I'm no medical expert. I can't imagine. Oh, How about sure. the bleeding at the time? Let me ask you that. Uh, it, it, it bled pretty good for a while. Sharp exacto knife with a small cut like that right next to the tip of your feet. Yeah, it's going to bleed pretty good. So, <laughs> not, not as bad as my hand, though. My hand was the worst one, but that wasn't <laughs> done at work. That was changing the tire, that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, one, that one actually is pretty, pretty bad. Like it's still a big old scar on the palm of my hand. Like you, you can see. Oh yeah. Go across my hand there. Yeah. I see. I see it. And here's another thing I've been up to. This is how bad your scar is. Like just the past, I think two days. The, uh, I'd guess the screen on my laptop is starting to go. So it, everything has a red tint to it. <laughs> okay. It all has a reddish hue. But even with that reddish hue. Your hand scar is still easily <laughs> visible. So, <laughs> yeah, glad you survived, man. I got another one, a nice one on my face here too. That one was that, that one was fun. So. <laughs> What's the story? Is it a good story? Um, not Bar really. Pine City. Uh, it was. It was not. It was not having a parking lot fight after a Pine City football game. No. Oh. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story after the it's not worth sharing on the podcast. <laughs> okay, sure. And it's I, I I shouldn't say it probably is something that could be shared on the podcast. I just don't want to share it on the podcast because it would <laughs> so, choice, man. No problem. No, nah, I'll tell you after. It's it's about a two minute story. Sounds good. And so all right. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got a job in, in short recap there. Um I am looking forward to getting going with that and getting that all squared away. What about comedy shows? You got some comedy shows coming up? Yes. When this releases on the 14th of October, I will have one tonight in two harbors at Harbor Rail. And also one week from tonight on the 21st of October at uh, Rapids Brewing Company, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. All right. So, yeah, two uh, two coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's good, at least. And you're you're these are your productions or your performances? 
Uh, yes, or... I am producing both. Okay, and hosting, doing a little bit of... Yep, yep. When I, uh, I mean, I've been thinking about pulling another host because <laughs> now some of these venues have seen me like six times, but... Yeah. Yeah, generally when it, in my productions, I also host. Sounds like a pretty, actually a pretty good plan because, I mean, you at least know your material and, you know, that it's right. going to be. <laughs> but that just means that you got to work to come up with new material for every every gig. You got to come up with a couple of minutes. Of, or I shouldn't say that. With every every new venue, you have to come up with a couple of new minutes of material. So Yeah, man. it's uh, That's the constant pressure, writing more and more. Yep. <laughs> yeah outside of that though um yeah that's uh that's all i have it comedy wise coming up yeah i got nothing coming up i mean i'm gonna be busy with work i i, I can't take any real time off for work now for the next 90 days so i get my weekends free and i get some you know gets holiday time and everything like that free but no vacation time coming up for me Oh, during the holiday season, huh? Are you going to get, you know, is this a, you don't even have to say the name of the business, but is this one that is off Christmas or, and Thanksgiving, or are you working Christmas and Thanksgiving or don't, you know, uh, no, I will, I will be, I get my holiday schedule for, um, for the holidays there. I will be off Thursday, Friday for Thanksgiving, and then I'll have Christmas day off and work that rest of the week. Okay, that's nice. So you get the uh, you get the standard holidays off. You just can't access you know holiday time and shit. I, I can't take I can't take a vacation. Okay, sure. Like like if I knew I was going somewhere within this first ninety days, I could have, you know, in, informed them of of that. Well, you know, basically when I filled up my hiring paperwork. I could have been like, hey, I'm going out of town, you know, like November 1st and 2nd, and that would be fine. But now that I've turned all that stuff in and didn't have anything, which I don't have plans to go anywhere anyway. But uh, now I can't be like, hey, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take these days off and go out of town. It's just like, well, I can't do that. So <laughs> sure, not not a big deal, because, again, like I said, I, I, I didn't have I don't have plans that are going to necessitate that anyway well i mean i'm glad you got a job man me too it's about <laughs> goddamn time <laughs> but uh yeah let's get in we are on the second to last uh texas chainsaw massacre movie so this is leather phase from 2017 has a, again a fairly famous, actually a couple fairly famous people in there. It was Stephen Dorff, uh, who was obviously in one of the first Marvel movies in Blade, <laughs> and then it's also uh, was it Finn Jones was also in it, and he was, I believe, he was in the uh, Iron Fist. But she's not even listed in there as on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I don't. Uh, I don't remember seeing him, but I didn't. I guess look too hard. <laughs> he he was the uh, the other um, 
the other police officer. Sorrels or whatever. Okay. There were... <laughs> this is a good intro right away. There, are, there were many, I will say, characters who were hard to distinguish from one another in this film. <laughs> and that's not, uh, not necessarily a bad thing for the movie or like uh, poor uh, directing or character development. It's just like many of the characters were just people in a kind of uh, institution for troubled youth, you could call it. Many other other characters were just police officers, so often they were all dressed the same. Yes, yeah that that was that I will agree with. Like uh, the the police officers were very difficult to uh, I guess distinguish from anybody because they all looked the same. Even until well, we can get into it, but like until the uh, the people in the the uh, I don't know if it's a mental institution or what they do have issues. But even until they escaped, like I'm like, wait, who is that guy? Is that the same guy as that other guy? Is that just generic background character? Once they get out of there, it's like, oh, okay, now I see who's who. But but prior to that, and they're trying to be like, okay, this mental patient is good. This mental patient is mental. The, this mental patient is a nobody background character that you don't have to remember, but you don't know it at the time. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, absolutely agreed. <laughs> So, let's, uh, I guess, I don't know. Well, let's dive into it. Don't want to keep foreshadowing what's to come. Uh, this is Leatherface. I rented it on Amazon Prime. Uh, we we start with the Sawyer family, and it's Jed's birthday, Jedediah. Longtime fans will know Jedediah is young Leatherface. In fact, um... Sawyers are effed up from the beginning, it appears, because at little Jed's birthday, they're cutting up a cake, and uh, they all went in on this birthday cake. Mom, Verna, says, you know, we got, for, don't forget your manners, we got to get it to the robber first. Camera pans over, and they have a guy, like, tied and gagged to a chair. <laughs> Yep, this wasn't the this wasn't the climax of the movie for once with the dinner scene. This was right away at the beginning. Yes, <laughs> he, he's tied in, tied up to a chair. They uh, ungag him, and he's just like, "I didn't steal your pigs. Your, you know, your family's effed up. Why I would never come near you guys." But Vern is just like, "You calling my kid a liar?" He said he saw you, you know, messing with them pigs. Uh, Christmas or birthday present comes out. They get little Jed a chainsaw. Isn't that cute? That's how they roll in the Sawyer family. It's got to learn like, to use it sometime. Yes, and they, yeah, no time like the present. They're like, Jed, cut him up right now. So he uh, he fires it up, uh, cuts into like his leg a little bit. I mean, it's a good gash, but doesn't even get like a quarter of the way through the leg, and then he drops the chainsaw. It like skitters across the floor. Family's a bit disappointed. Uh, Grandpa's there, luckily, to brain the guy in the back of the skull with a hammer thing. <laughs> That's right. Kill him with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good start. You know, Every, uh, many of the previous movies, they want to bring Grandpa back to his old glory of braining <laughs> helpless victims. Nice to see him in his younger days. Get a good one in, you know? He struggled in some of them. 
He definitely, uh, yeah, in the first two, for sure, he definitely struggled. He could barely hold the hammer anymore. Yeah, so it's nice to see him in his prime, you know? <laughs> uh, then they, they do a little, they do say, it, this is Texas 1955, so this is a prequel, folks. If that wasn't clear already, it should have been, but uh, this is a prequel. It's uh, kind of the backstory of how Leatherface becomes Leatherface. Uh, so we're in 1955, Texas. There's a young couple driving, Betty, and I don't even remember the dude's name. Is it Ted? We'll go Ted, with it. Ted Hardesty, maybe. I don't know. It was the I don't. Yeah, it, again, it it makes zero difference. It's either Ted or Ted Hardesty or Dave. Let's so. go with Ted. <laughs> Ted and Betty are driving. They almost hit a uh, a cow, air quotes, cow. They kind of slam on the brakes. Uh, Betty hops out to see what it is. It turns out it's just uh, uh, a little kid dressed up as a cow. He kind of yells, help me, please, and then runs off through a nearby field. Um, Betty throws caution to the wind, chases him through the field to uh, you know, help this little boy. Uh, Ted, <laughs> Ted, not the greatest boyfriend. Is just like oh, I'll stay in the truck. <laughs> I'll wait here. <laughs> come on, Betty, come back here. It's just a kid. He's just playing a prank on you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so he just sits in the truck, right? Betty follows this kid to some old barn. Um, goes in there, you know, looking for this kid. Uh, floor, floor gives out in like some sort of pit trap she falls down to the i guess cellar basement level she's uh, alive but pretty badly wounded certainly immobilized and then the other sawyer boys emerge again they're still trying to uh <laughs> i guess show a twisted form of brotherly love and leadership to jed <laughs> they're like here jed let's show them how it's done and uh, they get him to like drop. They have an engine, like engine raised up on in chains. You know, he pulls a lever, drops the engine down, squishes her to death. Yep. Then it shows that the uh, now Texas Ranger Hal Hartman, which that name might sound familiar, but uh, is obviously is Betty's dad. And the uh, police are all there. Uh, Verna comes home, and uh, she starts, you know, yelling at at the the police there to let them all go. You know, let the boys go. And he's just like, "You take away one from me, I'm gonna take all of them away from you, Verna. You evil bitch." Yeah, and yeah, and it's a situation where uh, they have some background dialogue with the you know the other cops. Like, we got no, we got no evidence, we got no whatever, and. You know, clearly, uh, Sheriff Hartman's played by Stephen Dorff knows that this is a troublesome family who just does this sort of thing, but he's got no evidence to pin the crime on the, on the Sawyers. So he's going to get revenge by, he says, you know, we, we, we can't, uh, take you through the legal system this way, but here's what we can do. We can take your kids away from you. Child endangerment. Yep. And now, I believe this is where they cut to uh, Lizzie, nurse 
Elizabeth, Lizzie, whatever you want to call her. Yeah, 10 being, years later. Being trained in at the institution where uh, all of the, the young, uh, I guess, the youth, the, the troubled youth are sent to uh, be treated. Yeah, it's like the Gorman Institute or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Gorman. Yep, that was the name of it. Yeah, so this is 10 years later. Um, they've got, uh, yeah, Lizzie, I guess, is it her first day? It seems like it's her first day. <laughs> she's yeah. re- she's really uh, idealistic and nice. And she's like, I'm I'm just here to give these children a, a better life and to, and to help them. And, of course, <laughs> that's not how things work in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The Lizzie really does want to help, but the the kids are pretty fi- fucked up. The staff are pretty fucked up as well. Um, she starts seeing things like uh, is it Clarice? Clarice is a it will be a recurring character. She's like a, a a gal with some issues. She's shoving a mouse in some other patient's mouth, and like Clarice catches that. Um, there is. A feller named uh, Bud. He's a big hulking guy. Doesn't talk a whole lot. Uh, there's a fella named Jackson. Uh, he's a uh, you know he's he's nice-ish. He warns Lizzie about uh, a wing of this hospital or institute that they just call the Chamber of Horrors. Just says, hey, why don't you go check this out yourself? All the patients call it the Chamber of Horrors, and so uh, Lizzie does. Lizzie goes to take a peek. Um, as she's checking out the Chamber of Horrors, again, so these things are kind of happening simultaneously. Verna happens to come visit that day. Mama Sawyer, she's got a court order to visit Jed, uh, but the hospital will not let her. <laughs> Obviously not. Uh, that's that's a pretty big pretty big deal with that. Yeah, they won't help let her uh, let her come visit. She's pissed off like yelling at her lawyer and shit, but she's just like, okay, you know, I'm just going to go use the bathroom. Bathroom's down that way, so she goes to use the bathroom. Um, They find out that... uh, She has snuck out of the bathroom. Yes. And this is happening at the same time where Lizzie is checking out the, like, the torture wing. She observes Bud getting, like, electroshock therapy. Uh, So at the same time... Like Verna's uh, disappearance, they do like an alert. They turn the alarms off. This, the, you know, the patients start to get loud and freak out. Uh, some of the staff treating Bud goes to investigate. This allows Bud to escape. He 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 does beat some orderlies to death. Again, he's a big hulking, basically mute. Um. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He hasn't said anything to this point. That is true. Yeah, yeah, and the oh, there was there was a moment where the the uh, the hospital I don't know who's in charge I don't know what you call him lead doctor whatever tells Verna we you know he's not even Jed anymore we changed their names so that they can distance themselves from their their twisted hillbilly families so the uh, I think the setup is to imply that Bud is young Leatherface. Since he's a big hulking brute who just beat a couple of orderlies to death, but now there's there's chaos in the institution. 
Um, some people are screwing. <laughs> Couple of Clarice. And again, I assume it's Ike based on what I saw later on. But at the at that moment, I wasn't sure who was screwing. It it was. I thought it was Tammy. Oh, I don't, and, and, I don't and, even know. And and Ike. Well, because yeah, they all have all the patients have the same outfit on. Like all the staff has the same uniform. And they, they yeah, they they look very similar too. Yes. Yeah, many most of the dudes have like a shaved head, so it ain't it ain't easy to tell them apart, folks. Doesn't matter. There's a brief uh, sex scene with no boobs in the middle of this chaos going on at the mental institution. Yeah, and uh, yeah, eventually uh, they show Doctor Lang in his office, and somebody knocks on the door. And uh, he uh, grabs his little billy club, opens up the door, and it's Bud. And he kind of backs up, and Bud walks in, and he just doesn't even say anything. He just starts swinging on 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 Bud. And he hits Bud once with his club, like right in the face, and it doesn't even phase him. Then he goes to hit him a second time. Bud does the old wrestling maneuver, blocks it, takes it away. Eventually uses Dr. Lang's face to to break through these uh, glass wind, you know, the, this, uh, I guess, in, reinforced glass window. And obviously he's been he's been killed. Um, Ike and Tammy get uh, well and and okay, and at this point, Lizzie is in the basement with uh, a character, I believe that's named uh, Brunette Nurse. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're trying to get through the emergency exit in the basement. Uh, there's a you know they they're they're trying they hear somebody come down into the basement behind them. They decide to try and hide when uh, brunette nurse gets jumped on by one of the patients, gets stabbed to death, and uh, Lizzie is fears that she's going to be next when Jackson shows up and punches the guy out. And so and helps her actually get out the door. As soon as they get out the door, uh, Ike and Tammy find them and decide that they're going to. They're kidnapping both uh, Jackson and Tammy. And as they start to take off, listening to some sort of '60s music on the uh, on the radio, there they see Bud walk just casually walking down the sidewalk. They stop, pick him up. As soon as they pick him up, somebody in a wheelchair gets thrown out the the second floor or third floor window and crashes to the pavement, and they drive off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good chaos. And this is, from this point on, I know who all the main characters are, but prior to this, man, a lot of them look alike. Who could forget Brunette Nurse? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean... IMDb has brunette nurse and demure nurse. Orderly one, orderly two, orderly three. Oh, yes. <laughs> Scared great, girl. Great performance yep. by or, orderly two. Lowly deputy, young boy, young girl. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now we have um, Ike and Clarice, who are a couple. They're demented killers. Um, they've essentially taken uh, Lizzie and Jackson hostage. 
they're going with in the car against their will. And we have Bud, who is a uh, big kind of mute uh, killing machine, but who's just kind of along because they say, hey, Bud, come with us. (laughs) Hey, you want to (laughs) ride? Yeah. And they, uh, you know, here's a weird part. They go to a nearby barbecue joint, get some food. They they first stop. The the first thing is they they stop to get change of clothes. Yes. And and as soon as they open the trunk where Jackson and and Lizzie are, uh, Jackson, as soon as they open the trunk, he punches Ike, knocks him down. Lizzie takes off running. Um, Bud grabs Jackson, holds him, you know, basically... uh, Holds him in a bear hug while Tammy runs down. Lizzie brings her back. They all, you know, they change clothes there so they aren't in their, I guess, nurse's uniform and in their institution clothes. (laughs) And, yeah, then they start walking. And uh, now it feels like Lord of the Rings. Because all they're doing is walking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, they... They they end up at a barbecue joint, and here's a part where it doesn't make much sense because like they're not even at the same table, right? It's it's Ike and uh, Clarice who are allegedly holding, you know, Lizzie and Jackson hostage, but they're they're just sitting at different tables. Like that's your perfect getaway opportunity, good guys. But whatever. Um, Ike and Ike and Clarice are just. Like looking around, they're talking shit with some customers. Uh, they're like, "Hey, that guy's got a gun." So uh, they just give each other a wink. They know what to do. They start stabbing people in the neck. Um, they grab the dude's gun, who's got the gun. They slaughter about eighty percent of the people at the diner, <laughs> uh, except their friends. You know, they keep their well. They're not even friends. They're just their hostages. Uh, Lizzie. Yep, and they Jackson. Yeah, they pretty much just said, yeah, anybody tries to anybody tries to run, you'll get killed. And uh yeah, so Lizzie st- yeah, Liz- you know, Lizzie doesn't try to run away. She does try to run away at this point again. Um Jackson tries to stop one of the the guy who there's a guy who's staring at him cuz they were kind of ma- they were Ike and, and Tammy were making a scene in the restaurant. And uh, th- there was a guy that was kind of kind of staring at him, and like, oh, what the fuck is your problem? And he just kind of brushed that off, and uh, yeah. And then she stabs the guy in the neck, grabs his gun, starts starts shooting people that are that are panicking. Goes behind the counter, gets the shotgun. There, Je- uh, the guy who. Was staring at them, tries to run away. Jackson tries to stop him from running away, and, uh, and you know, so he doesn't because he doesn't want any more people to get killed. Um, the guy punches him. He punches the guy back. That guy goes down. Uh, the end. Just, the end of the diner scene is pretty fun too. Where um, <laughs> the carnage is mostly over. Most of the people are dead. Like one of the, uh, I think it's a waitress, is. You know, sitting on the floor, bleeding out, and uh... she, yeah, she had a knife to her throat, and yeah, Ike just 
raises the shotgun up there, looks at there, and blows her head off. All you see is a fountain of blood. Yep. Bursts out of... Uh... <laughs> explodes man it's a it's a rain of blood but yeah then they 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 hop in their ride or maybe they walk i don't remember no they still they stole another car because the guy that jackson punched has it has a gun as well and he shoot he shoots bud as because as lizzie ran out of there to try and get away bud grabs her so she can't run away and uh Ike and Tammy get in the car and they back out of there and get Jackson and Bud and Lizzie in the car. But as he's trying to get in the car, he gets shot. And of course, then shortly after that, they run out of gas. So they're walking again. Yes. And, and they, walk, uh, they come across an old abandoned trailer. Yeah. Old trailer, middle of the forest. Um, they go infiltrate it. <laughs> finally a little teamwork i guess they do the old uh, you know one person has the gun pointed at the door somebody else opens the door they do have a little bit of uh strategery going on but uh, they go in there they find out it's just a uh, <laughs> old abandoned well not even abandoned it's an old shitty trailer where the owner had apparently died while taking a dump <laughs> no 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 he no? didn't die while taking it no he had a noose around his neck what, what oh is that what that was i missed that completely yeah, um, yeah, they're they're looking and and uh, and Ike is getting a little too close to Lizzie. Kind of scares her. She the floor gives way underneath her foot. She turns around. She's basically kissing this corpse that has a noose around its neck. I miss the noose. Yeah, I just remember she falls and like ends up face to face with a dead body. And uh, yeah, so they're kind of you know Ike of course finds that absolutely hilarious. And Lizzie is freaked out by it because I mean, who wouldn't be? You're just basically mouth to mouth with a with a dead body that looks like it's pretty well ripe, as well. <laughs> it's been there a while. Oh yeah, yep. And, and it... <laughs> now you get to you know they're they're all they're saying oh well this seems like a pretty good place to to hang out for the night. Lizzie is checking out Bud's gunshot wound. Um, basically pat patches that up. Ike tells Bud that he's got first, you know, for, first uh, first watch. And uh, him and uh, Tammy, Ike and Tammy are going to go have some more fun because they, they didn't have enough fun in the institution. So they're going to really go at it this time as she, you get, you get some, burned boobs there because she's definitely got some some burn scars on on her on her titties there and, oh yeah uh, yeah they're getting it on uh working the dead body in that's fun yeah you got you got the the burn scars and some necrophilia going on there so they have issues and uh well yeah i mean they wouldn't have been in the place that they were in if they didn't have issues but they're drinking some moonshine, and uh, Lizzie eventually sees that uh, uh, Jackson has fallen asleep. She's decided she decides it's time for her turn to run away again. At least she's trying. 
Yeah. So she sneaks out of the trailer. Bud's on the other side of the trailer, doesn't notice her head off into the woods. She gets into the woods, decides she's going to she's gonna pause and wait a minute, turns around, and there is Ike. And he uh, decides that he's going to now uh, take what he wants, even though Tammy has already told him that he's not allowed to do that because, you know, she doesn't want to be she doesn't want to be a jealous girlfriend. Right. But uh, Ike says, oh, well, she's not around. So here we go. Where. Jackson comes out there. Jackson and Ike have have a fight. Tammy shows up with a shotgun. Um, Bud is there as well. Yeah, Jackson and Lizzie get recaptured. <laughs> yep. Ike does mock Bud here. I forget what he calls him, but like worst oh. fucking lookout ever or something like that. Yeah. So Ike goes to take a piss off in the woods away from everybody else. Gets clobbered by Bud. Bud drags him off into the middle of this field and decides he's going to curb stomp him on a big old rock. Yeah. It, uh, I guess I wasn't expecting that at that point. But yeah, he just he beats him with a big tree branch and then drags him and <laughs> smashes his uh, head against the rock with his boot without anyone noticing. This is, again, pretty secret. So next... <laughs> Next morning, <laughs> Tammy wakes up, and she's just like, "Where, where's Ike? Where's Bud?" They go out looking. Um, it, Lizzie, Lizzie, and Jackson are allowed to leave Tammy, who's should have been holding them at gunpoint, but did not. They go find. They find Bud first. Bud's just asleep uh, with Ike's dead body. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you know, again. Got some issues. He's a big hulking killing machine. We've had the uh, the foreshadowing that they've changed all the names of the Sawyer kids. So everything points to Bud. Bud will grow up to be Leatherface. Um, but uh, meanwhile, Tammy, she's looking elsewhere. Who she finds is Hartman and the cops. They've been on their trail since all this chaos started. Uh, and again, Hartman... Hartman still wants a bit of revenge, so for what happened to his daughter at the very beginning of this when the Sawyers killed his daughter. He kind of starts to torture Tammy a bit. She's got like a wound, so he's like shoving his thumbs in her wound. Uh, he, he he pistol whipped her to give yeah. her that wound. Yeah, that oh yeah, that happened first. But then he's like, yeah, torturing her a bit to get some information. She um, shows he does like spit in his mouth and Startles him enough to take off running, which yeah. uh, <laughs> he's he's got an answer for that. He just shoots her in the leg, <laughs> and so they drag her back. She's limping, you know, uh, one legged now. They, you know, he tr- again tries to get some information about her. I forget exactly what she says, but she talks some shit about Hartman's dead daughter, and he puts a bullet in her skull. Yep, and all this, yeah, Bud and Jackson and Lizzie are not that, uh, they're they're close by the dogs, they're, they're bringing tracking dogs in to find the other three, because uh, they, they don't know that, well, I mean, Lizzie, as much as she's, uh, you know, 
She's been a part of this as much as she hasn't been a part of this. So they think they're looking for three people, not just two. And uh, yeah, so they they have the tracking dogs there. They pull a good old Empire Strikes Back and hide in this rotting corpse of a deer. Yeah, to get away from. Uh, they come across this rotting corpse of a deer with maggots crawling all over it. Um, and then you hear the dogs coming, and the dogs go by, and you see them like cut a little piece of it open, and then Lizzie and Bud and Jackson all crawl out of the <laughs> out of out of the corpse of the deer. <laughs> Which, I mean, well played, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if you could get three people to <laughs> keep silent in the corpse and not move in the corpse of a rotting deer. Especially one of them is like a mute dunderhead, but well played. They did it. They pulled that one off. <laughs> yeah. And they make their way to a stream where Lizzie proceeds to throw up and wash her hands and face a little bit. And again, nobody completely washes the blood off of themselves at this point either. I mean, I know their clothes are all bloody and everything, but you're, you're, you've got blood up to your elbows. Oh, yeah, they're covered. And all over your face and everything. And you just kind of just quickly wipe your face a little bit and then wipe your hand, you know, wash your hands and then wipe your face a little bit. I mean, I'd be trying to get that blood all off of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, like rotting deer carcass blood? Yeah. Oh, my God. With all the maggots that they showed and everything in there. It was a pretty graphic scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure and as they're walking along this stream they see a bridge there cop rolls by lizzie starts yelling and takes off running and uh of course jackson and bud are are you know the cop hears her stops the car um bud comes up on the uh, uh you know on the bridge there's charging at the cop Cop puts two bullets into him. Bud tackles him. He's punching the cop, and the cop puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger and kills Bud. Yes, maybe the... This is the big surprise, I guess. Bud's dead. Yep. This entire time, you're like, oh, Bud's... uh..." At least I thought, Bud's going to be Leatherface. Nope, just got his brains blown out. So, uh, yeah, Jackson and Lizzie hop in the, uh, yeah, ja- Jackson, actually, Jackson loses his shit and like beats the cop to death. Yep. Cause yeah, Bud Bud was the only thing he considered family left anymore. And now Bud is dead. So yeah, he loses his shit, slams the cop's head in the door multiple times while Lizzie jumps in the driver's seat. Bud climbs into the back seat through the window they take off running. Sheriff uh, Hartman or Texas Ranger Hartman pulls up behind them, starts shooting at them, hits Jackson through the back of the through the back of the head, goes through the side of his face. Lizzie is looking over at that, freaking out as they're speeding down the road. They talk about texting while driving. Well, don't look at gunshot wounds while driving as well. Correct. Uh, she gets shot again as as Sheriff, or I shouldn't even say Sheriff, Texas Ranger Hartman is shooting still at them again, chasing them. She gets hit, goes off the road, flips the car. Everything goes black. She wakes up. She's handcuffed in the backseat of the, of the cop car. Yeah. And, um, 
they have a big reveal here as well. Of course, now we find out. How do they reveal that Jackson is really Jedediah? Um, well, Lizzie gets on the radio and gets a hold of Sorrels. Oh, yeah, this is one of the weird scenes. <laughs> and, and Sorrels goes back, goes out to tell, you know, goes and tells Verna that, uh, you know, that Hartman has Jackson, who's really Jedediah, at some old barn that he's waiting for for them. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember we had a deal, you know. So Verna gives him some money, and then they kill him. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> it's a weird scene. I guess they make it happen so the uh, the climax can end. But yeah, they just we had a deal. Okay, kill them. They feed them to the pigs. But uh, yeah, now the Sawyers know what's going on. Hartman's brought them out there to finally get revenge in the same barn where his daughter died. So uh, we're heading for a showdown, folk folks. Briefly, I guess, because Hartman, <laughs> for as long as he's been stewing about this. Gets overcome pretty easily. Like he's just, he's just in the barn. He's got Jed and Lizzie tied up. Uh, he's got a couple of guns. Um, the Sawyer's come. He's just like, I know there's a lot of you. You know, they, they pop out and just like club him with something and knock him out instantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ver- Verna just walks into the barn and confronts him. And then he's like, oh, you know, tells they have their conversation. And then he says, "Yeah, I know you. Get, I know you don't travel alone. Get the others in here." So one of them walks in again with uh, like a big old curved, uh, almost like a like a hand sickle. And then uh, another one jumps out from behind and, and clubs him. And yeah, and, and then he's he's passed out there. He's knocked out because he he tells he tells Verna that that Jedediah is dead. And then, and then obviously he's down, you know, he's down in the pit there and Verna's like, okay, well, you know, after they knock him out, they put, they get him up there, find out he's not dead. They bring the sheriff and Lizzie back to the house and, uh, and they, they, they have a scene where they like stitch up, stitch up Jed's face, put a, <laughs> I guess it yeah. almost looks like a horse bridle or something on him. Yeah, leather strap there to hold hold everything in place while it heals. He yeah, gets, yeah. He gets the fun of killing the sheriff. You know, the sheriff's pretty well beat up there. He Jedediah gets the pleasure of of gutting the the sheriff with the chainsaw. Gets some redemption. You know, he's yep. a little too young the first time. Now he does it right. He cuts cuts the sheriff's. Hands off one at a time, uh, toys with him a little bit, and then plunges it right into his guts. So, yep. And at this point, yeah, Lizzie is like, "Oh, I tried to help you." You know, she she freaks out, takes off running, runs out into the woods. Of course, the final chase happens there. Uh, she ends up caught in a bear trap because, of course, it's the Sawyers. They're gonna have bear traps everywhere, and uh, she's. They're in the bear trap, kneeling, talking, trying to talk him out of uh, doing that. And he just starts up the chainsaw and cuts her head off with the chainsaw and roll credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have they do have a brief little scene where 
Lizzie tries to say, I know you're good. I, I know you're a good person. All I did was to try to help you. Yeah, and then uh, Lizzie makes a mistake. I, I says, you, you're just, you don't listen to your crazy mom. And you don't insult a boy's mama. Because, yeah, then he just swipes, decapitates her. Movie over. That's the origin of Jedediah slash Leatherface. Yep. So, I mean, definitely got all three B's in there, even though we had a, we had a double B there with burned boobs, but <laughs> still worth it. Your thoughts? Yeah. It, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't know what to expect from this one. I didn't, I didn't even realize it was a prequel till I started watching it. Um, thoughts on this one? I would say. Unless you're an absolute gigantic fan of the series or the character Leatherface, it's not something that needs to be watched. Um, and as, as far as comparisons to the other movie, I mean, it was probably not having seen, obviously, this last one, which we're going to watch for next week, um, I would probably put it in like fifth or sixth place. As far as, as the films go, if I were to rank them in order. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. It's just... I don't know. I think it's one of those things where... Like, Leatherface is the main character of Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. I, I get the desire to tell his origin story. But it's like, oh, I just wanted Leatherface chopping people up and now you, it's like a whole build up to Leatherface instead of getting Leatherface for the whole movie I don't know just know what you're going into folks well and and how many times do we need different versions of Leatherface's origin story yes <laughs> well and that's that is a good point because in most of them he's just born deformed and gets teased by children and he's just like that from the beginning which is you know, why he's antisocial and a mute and, and hates everyone. Yeah, this this one, he's a nice dude until he's like, I don't know, 18 or something. Until he gets shot by the sheriff. Yeah, he's it's just, you know, the the trauma of what he went through in this movie as a young adult changes him to Leatherface. And that's, yeah, I, I almost like the deformed backstory more. It's simpler and you can get to the killing easier. <laughs> And oh, and I guess we did. They, the The movie doesn't roll credits right when he cuts her head off either, because they do show him sewing up her face onto his own. You know, like he's he's sewing up her face, clips on the mask there, and puts lipstick on. So that is that, true. That it was it was a little premature on on the roll credits thing after he cuts her head off, but. Um, I mean, honestly, I would say I think my favorite death was the guy getting thrown out of the third floor window with, in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, there weren't a lot of. But yeah, they, they just weren't a lot of exciting ones. They're all kind of, I don't know, mundane, standard. Yeah, no, not not a lot of creativity. But again, yeah, we got one more of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. And that is, I believe, from 2022. Um, 
And I had a window open that had them all, but <laughs> it's easy to get it. pulled up. Let me look. Yeah, 2022 yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, this awful one, ratings so far from what I'm seeing. And this one is on Netflix as well. So let's compare. This last one had a 5.0 on IMDb. That would being Leatherface, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 4.7 on IMDb. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has Leatherface at 27% critic score, 23% audience score. Let's see what it has for... And Mark Burnham was actually at, the guy who plays Leatherface in, in this last movie here, was actually at Crypticon <laughs> here in, in Minneapolis. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes has 31% critics score, 25% audience score. Again, this is exclusively on Netflix alone. Uh, looks like this is actually, yeah, almost like a complete straight sequel. Oh, yeah, this uh, description after 48 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. So, yeah, 48 years, this is... Well, should, yeah, it, should it is, be a late stage sequel. It is forty eight years after the original that this came out. Okay. John Larroquette is back as the narrator. Yeah, I'm looking at the cast. They're they're young. I don't recognize a lot of them. No, I don't think I've other other than Mark Burnham, which is is the only thing that I you know the only person I know from any of this, I don't know any of these people offhand. Other than obviously the John Larroquette, the narrator. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think I think I watched this right when it came out, and uh, I'll keep it spoiler free. I won't say anything. This is this is jogging my memory though. It's an interesting take. Okay. <laughs> All right. I believe they, uh, here's what I think happens. Well, I won't say much. Like, some young kids, like, buy a ghost town or something and want to turn it into a tourist attraction. That's, that's how they end up there. And we'll, we can guess how that goes. Yeah, probably not very well. Right. Uh, did you get any, I guess, uh, um, uh, Christmas movies for the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, you can guess I botched that one. I, I thought of it like 10 minutes before we started and I'm like, damn it. And then I pulled some crap up and I don't know. Hey. I was, I was looking on uh Tubi and I, I was trying to avoid ones that looked like garbage, but they all look like garbage. Well, yeah. I mean, they're probably all going to be pretty well low budget horror movies. You know, I mean, Chris, Christmas is a time of celebration with family. It's probably not going to go very well when you start murdering people, as we saw with Elf last year that we watched. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it, you know, it's a fine line between like um, something that's just comically bad or what was it, Bigfoot's Bride? Yeah, that's. I'm just trying to. I was really trying to avoid a Bigfoot's Bride situation. Yeah, I I don't I don't blame you for that. So I was I would find one and I'd watch a couple minutes of it and be like, oh, this looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we got we got some time yet, and uh, we can I don't know I suppose we should probably get started with that pretty soon though. Sure. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah. If we don't have anything else here, um, I guess we can call it a an episode here. Sir, so, yeah, we're at an hour and five minutes here, so we can call Perfect. it. So. Again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty and Degeist podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to. Bye, folks. <laughs>